0: Kevin Alley brings it up, throws it across, Miller for three. Ow! Oh, he backed it in, he backed it in, and the game is tied, we're going to overtime. Over the rebound for his ninth, 18 points, nine rebounds, six assists, oh, my assist. no. oh, oh, block, chicken. double time, Miles Turner, Yeah! welcome to the NBA, my friend, Turner sets the screen, Back to Ola Depot. Stevenson behind, drives inside, and the foul. Lance Stevenson, and a chance for a three point play. He just had by the (laughs) Stanson. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Born Ready to Pod Podcast.
1: Welcome back to a special edition podcast episode of the Born Ready to Pod podcast. My name is Chris Cook and sitting next to me as always, Eric Hawk and Jake Light. Fellas, we had some very big news drop here today about Miles Turner. He signed a four-year, $80 million contract extension. He was going to go into restricted free agency next year. They got it right in before the deadline. So give me your initial thoughts of the Miles Turner deal little discrepancy here some people think it's four year 72 mil some people four
2: year 80 um initial thoughts i thought it was a little high um shout out david harrison um Just trying to make sure everything – I mean, I I just wanted everything to go well this year. I thought he had a lot of potential, but now I'm not 100% sure if I like it. I mean, I'm up and down on it. What do you think?
0: It's buyer's remorse. It's a classic case of I just bought something really cool and now I feel like shit about it. It's like – I was telling you this earlier. What has he done in preseason to warrant this extension? Like, why couldn't we just push this off a couple weeks? I don't. And they have a me, deadline. Yeah, it's, a, it's deadline. a deadline. Well, okay, well, NBA sucks for that. Okay, so <laughs> I'll take that back. But I just think he hasn't done that much in the preseason to warrant this. But at the same time, if you look around the league, Comparatively, it's a decent, pretty good deal. Yeah, it's not a
2: bad deal. And if I, all.
0: I actually think he might win MIP, is what I've been trying to say. And yeah, I don't I mean, even with, know if I believe it anymore. I don't know what I believe. You have buyer's remorse, but on. I know I have eighteen <laughs> to twenty million dollars a year in Miles Turner for the next four years. It's either and this girl, going you know, into this year, you know, I'm I'm okay with it. Really I'm okay with it now, and we're gonna see down the road if Kevin Pritchard's a, a genius then maybe maybe this is one of his genius moves.
1: And we opened it up on Twitter. We asked our followers what they thought about the deal. Most people were on board. We had a few people who said that they didn't like it or, you know, like you had just mentioned, they pulled or they acted way too soon, thought they could have at least waited until the offseason and matched an offer. Uh, my favorite, I think, was from Sergeant Martin. Sergeant Martin said this, this Roy Hibbert all over again.
0: Oh, wow. Back when Don't he, do that to Miles.
1: Back when he signed that uh, offer sheet with the Portland Trail Blazers, that big deal, and the Pacers match. So do you foresee this as a, another Hibbert contract that the Pacers put themselves into. I honestly think it's it's a
2: different situation. I actually think the Pacers learned a lot from that debacle. Um, letting Roy Hibbert get to the point where he could find a desperate team to give him that contract, and then the Pacers were basically forced to match it because they had such a small window. If they let him go, they have no window. Obviously, as we know now, there was no window to begin with. But um, if you let Myles Turner get to the restricted free agency, my fear is that a team like the Nets or a team, um, I, I don't even know, like the Suns, anybody that, you know, has a shit ton of money. Um, if Shanghai if, if, Sharks. Anybody, really. Seriously, anybody that anybody that has a lot of money could just give him a terribly large contract and then we have to match it. I actually think we probably got a little bit of a discount, but the whole thing for me is, is the dude going to learn to rebound? Is he going to want to rebound? Um, can he fit with Gilmas? I think we're going to talk about that stuff later, but Hawk, what do you think?
0: All right, what's that disease that they get in Game of Thrones where they get touched by the stone men and they turn to stone? Let's just call it stone, man. I think it's I called grayscale, know. right? Yeah. It's oh, right. grayscale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that is the disease that Roy Hibbert got. He At the end of his time with the Pacers, he just couldn't even move. He couldn't do anything under the rim. He just became worthless. I do not think Miles Turner has grayscale. I think he is a way better athlete. At the worst, he shoots decent from behind the arc. This isn't even comparable to Roy Hibbert. Let's not do that. I think Turner's on a better track. And if he has the same season Hibbert has at his apex – I think it's sustainable for way more years. That's all I'm going to say. Well,
2: and Hubert was not athletic at all. I mean, yeah, he, he got a grayscale. He,
0: he was a – I mean, yeah, I mean, he never
2: was athletic, I mean, period, even at Georgetown. I mean, that's why he fell in the draft, and then it was the perfect mix of he figured out how to, you know, have the laws of verticality for him, yeah. and then, you know, he was kind of the best defender in the league for a couple of years, and then all of a sudden people figured out, hey, I'm just not going to go – run and jump into you, and all of a sudden I'm going to make you come out and guard me, and that was a problem. So I don't think that's going to be a problem for Miles whatsoever. Um, But the pluses for Miles, he's athletic, he's big, he can shoot from outside. Notice I didn't say anything about his inside game, and that's kind of where he's going to have to make the jump
1: if this contract's really going to be worth it, in my opinion. You guys have given your two cents, so now here's mine. I think that we can all agree... Based on what he's done, the first you know three years of his NBA career, would you say that some he's somewhere between probably a ten to fifteen million dollar player a year? Based on what he's done so far,
0: yes, I'd put him like right around thirteen and a half. Ooh,
1: yeah, I mean, yeah, he's definitely between ten. To 15. So when you look at the grand scheme of things and what players similar to him are from his position are making, he's still very young. Um, he's going to average around twenty million dollars a year in his contract. So let's take a look at some other guys. We have Bismack Biombo, He signed that ridiculous deal back in, I believe, 2016. He makes 17 million dollars a year. Hmm. Tristan Thompson makes over 17 million dollars a year, plus Kardashian money. Yeah, that's yeah. He makes over 100 million. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Steven Adams, who you know he's a he's a very good center. I would love him on the team. He makes oh he makes 24 million dollars a year. Uh, Andre Drummond makes 25 million. I mean, the list goes on. You go you go down, and you got Mazgov at 16 million. So I don't think this is a terrible deal. I think actually they Moscow. probably Yeah, I think they saved money by doing it now because I think he probably would have went more went for more in restricted free agency. Yeah. So it was if that was the case, if they were gonna definitely match whatever offer they got, this was a good move on their part, because they would have ended up spending more, I think, in the off season. But then again, the other side of the coin is you still don't know. You still wanna see what he does this season. So that's where they gambled on him, you know. Finally, flashing more of that potential this year. And I think the biggest thing, and we kind of alluded to it earlier, was the biggest impact this isn't going to have is on Sabonis mm-hmm. because he's got another couple years on his contract. He'll be a restricted free agent here in a few years. And you're not going to pay, at least in my opinion, a backup center mm-hmm. to that kind of money. And he well deservedly, if he plays, you know, if he keeps improving, he's going to be totally worth that cash. So, and McMillan has even talked about here in the last couple of days, he was all on that train during the summer saying those two would play together this year, and now he's kind of backing off saying, well, I didn't really come out and say that. That's not the case. So I think the plan is that they're still not going to be on the court at the same time. So what do you guys think the biggest impact of this deal is, especially on Sabonis is going to be?
0: I mean, I think Pritchard's kind of just kicking the can down the road. One thing at a time. You pay Miles now. You get him comfortable, ready for the season. Hopefully he settles in. There's no pressure. He knows he's getting his money. He knows he's staying in Indy. And then you got Delmas coming up in, what, two years? Yeah. And that's where things get hairy. You said no, you're not going to pay a backup that kind of money? Maybe by then he's a starter somehow. Maybe Miles is more of a better shooter. He can kind of just kind of do everything, Maybe hopefully, and maybe Sobo- Sabonis is your starting center. The goal of this organization is
1: to have both of them be able to play at the same time together.
0: Yeah, but at the I same think- time, it wouldn't surprise me if they just outright let him leave because somebody gave him money because we thought Turner was this better player, and we'll see. But right now, I don't even want to think about giving up Domas. That makes me sad. I don't want to be sad. Want- NBA is about to start. I want to be freaking happy. Uh,
2: I see. I have a pro. I I have a problem with th- the thought process that you know, um, like you mentioned, kicking the can, which is it kind of feels like that's what he's doing. Like, okay, <laughs> we get this done, and we'll worry about this later. I think that's kind of short sighted. Um, but at the same time, I get I get where everybody's coming from with this. I think Domas actually has a little more um, statistical potential. Than Turner is that fair with the upside with the rebounds, uh, points per game? I mean, he seems he already like, beats
0: well, him in rebounds. Well, so. no,
2: I, but I'm saying like I feel like he he has a little farther to go. Obviously, scoring wise, he's obviously not as <laughs> athletic. Um, Hopefully, yeah. But at the same time, I think if the ultimate goal is to get these guys to play together, it seems like a pretty easy goal to attain just play them together and see what happens and obviously if they don't think it could happen now i mean what more could change other than you know miles getting stronger or sabonis getting a little more nimble i mean those are things they're starting to get past that point where you can make big strides to your body as much i think personally i mean they're getting older they're not quite you know young guys yeah. anymore to the point where you can just like say, Oh, I'm gonna drink some protein drinks and let's get it. I mean, I I have a problem with the thought process that we can't play him at the same
0: time. And I think there's no reason that we should think that, but I just kinda of said it. Because everything Pritchard's done we've agreed with in these Absolutely. last couple of years. So I, it's not like Pritchard's like, ah well nah yeah. it's on his mind. He's yeah. probably keeping him up at night. Yeah. He's probably, you know, giving Sabonis all the cigarettes he can smoke. Like yeah. here, stay happy, stay in it, yeah. do whatever you can so I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Probably menthols. Yeah, definitely menthols. But
2: um, I know Chris has one more thing to to say, but I was actually going to move on to the next topic. uh, Go ahead. Just. I like Sabonis. I think we all are. big. I'd say we were a pro Sabonis podcast. Very much, very
0: much so. Saboner, um, yeah, the Saboners.
2: But when you start thinking about it, I know I've read a lot of things over the past few months about how you know teams don't like to play two left-handed big guys at the same time, or two you know too many left-handed guys. Like spacing on the floor matters. So um, it was signing Thad a bad move now at this point. I mean, just just think for a second, like, okay, so now we have Thad. He's obviously got to play. I love Thad, but at the same time, I think we can agree we think Sabonis is going to end up ultimately being the much better player. Um, they didn't really
1: have a choice on Thad, though. He had a player option. You right, right I
2: mean, but at the same time, you could have looked to move him. They talked about other teams wanting to, you know, move on and, you know, move him or make him a I move think for Thad
1: this is obviously for another show, because this is just a quick podcast. But I think Thad's lucky more of, in the future, he wants to stay in Indiana. So I think Thad will be fine with a bench going forward. Okay. Obviously, if Sabonis surpasses him, so... But if he goes Ben and Sabonis can't play with I don't Turner, think... then it's too bad. Well, lucky. you can't figure out if Turner and Sabonis... Whether or not they can play on the court together, unless you play them together. exactly. So now's exactly. the time to do it. We're, we're preaching, especially the same at the gospel. beginning of the season. You yeah. do it now. You don't wait till game five of the first round. <laughs> I think I saw DeJuan say that on Twitter the other day. You don't wait till that game <laughs> in the playoffs. You do it now. It's the beginning of the regular season. Yeah, you should be doing it in preseason.
0: It. Yeah, yeah. Like honestly, but what were we just talking about? I've had, There's so many thoughts going through my head.
2: We're just you know a little Thad Young. Yeah. Okay. Thad. Yeah. Thad. Right.
0: I honestly don't think Thad is in our future plans.
2: Like, I think after not.
0: this year, he's gone. I think he's one of those journeymen NBA guys. He could go help somebody else a lot more than he can help us. There's no way we're going to give him what he could get somewhere else, I don't think. And he's a fine player. He just can't make layups. So. And we got to make room for KD. Exactly. <laughs> Kevin Durant. In Durant. All right. right, wrapping that up, moving on real quick.
1: This is the final topic of our quick podcast here. Hawk, I'll let you take the floor. The ESPN Power Rankings came out today, and the Pacers were not part of the top ten there. Uh, I had a very good GIF I sent to that, but, you know, I got, I got some likes on that. That was pretty impressive. But what uh,
0: – just give us your thoughts. Who cares? Like, oh, my God. ESPN is such a non-entity at this point. I like Rachel Nichols. Everyone else there sucks, honestly. Uh, from top to bottom, they're, just, they're a failing organization run by a, a damn mouse. Like, who cares? Like, they're not on the top ten list. I could have told you they weren't going to be on this list. They'll, ne- they'll win the NBA title and not make this preseason list the next season. Indiana gets no love. These small market teams get no love. This should surprise absolutely nobody. Like, if you lose any sleep of this or freak out, you're a loser in my opinion. It's the preseason. Shut up and we're going to play basketball and find out soon. Like, put on your big boy pants. Get off Twitter. It's going to be okay. I don't even want to comment. Go for it. No, I don't even want to comment. I think that's all. No, awesome. I mean, I would
1: agree. I, I, the I ESPN mean, is just the thing, the thing never is well, with,
2: with the Pacers – Not sexy, not one thing about the way we play is sexy. Um, It's just the ESPNs of the world um, are just not going to give us the coverage we deserve. They're not going to rank us accordingly. They're all about, we've talked about this before, they're all about the superstars, what sells. Um, You know, the only way we could possibly, you know, get love from them is if we, again, went deep into the playoffs. Or we take LeBron to seven in the first round, which we did, and people mm-hmm. seem to forget this now. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't put any stock into what they have to say. They're so wishy-washy, flip-floppy. Every single year, it's the same thing. Oh my God, the Cavaliers. It's January. They've lost four straight. Is LeBron done? Oh, and then he gets to yeah. the, he, he gets to the finals. It's and, the oh, same it's a stuff. every it's just... year,
0: every month. You got the last month. It was with the Patriots dead. Is this month, is LeBron's team not going to make it to the finals? Blah, 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 blah. Everyone shut up. I, I can't add anything
1: more. I love it. Uh, let's love look. It. So, top five. I'll go over actually all ten of them.
0: So, Warriors number
1: one, Celtics, Raptors, Rockets, Jazz, Sixers, Thunder, Lakers, Bucks, Nuggets. Could not disagree
2: more with the freaking Toronto Raptors all the way up there. I and just I can't I The can't Nuggets I understand anymore.
1: they're going to be good this year, but they didn't even make the playoffs last season. I don't get it. I, I just I hate I hate when let's people s- think the Stop giving are going
0: them the credit. Right. Yeah. I
1: hate thinking All right, enough of that. We're, <laughs> we're going to wrap up now.
0: The but Raptors. I,
1: I yeah, I hate them too. But it's a good plug for us because we are releasing our official Born Ready to Pod power rankings tomorrow. Ooh. Top 12 teams. Not 10, we do 12 here at Born Ready to Pod. We're going to give you the top twelve teams in the NBA to start the season. I think you guys are going to like it. Little yeah. Pacers bias. The pacers will be on this list, and we Maybe. talked about this. This was just like a consensus between us. Hawk wanted to put them at like number three. <laughs> we didn't want to look that biased to start off with. Why so. do we have the
2: Raptors at? Just give the people what they want. I just can't stand them. I just. What do we? Have are going to
1: have to. You're going to have to wait till tomorrow. If it if it's above six, I'm going to be pissed. You're going to have to wait till tomorrow.
0: Geez, that's a long time for you to wait, too. <laughs> that's like, <laughs>
1: like twelve hours away. Alright, we're gonna wrap up with a tweet from Miles Turner. He just tweeted this out. It's all breaking all news. caps and exclamations. I bleed blue and gold. I love y'all, Indy. Couldn't have done this without y'all.
0: Yeah. As far as Miles the person, he's the greatest person ever. Everything I've seen, he's the nicest guy ever. Talks so eloquently for how young he is. Very marketable person. Couldn't say higher things about Miles. But I'd like to get a couple more rebounds. Is that so bad? Does that make me a hater? I guess so. I don't know. Yeah, go
2: get a few more rebounds, big guy, and I'll be cheering cheering all the way exactly. you know, to the ticket booth when I buy my Eastern Conference Finals tickets.
1: All right. That'll wrap it up. Uh, we will be back on Wednesday with our NBA preview show. If you haven't yet, check out our episode we just posted here this morning featuring Pacers sideline reporter Jeremiah Johnson. It was an absolute grand time. Jeremiah is is a great guy. We've even started his Wikipedia page. Jeremiah Johnson is a great guy. you got to check it out. He has some great insight on the team about the preseason and the opening week of games. So if you haven't listened to that yet, make sure you go do so now.